morning and it is still morning all evidence to the contrary it's about 11:20 a.m. on the uh, 19th January 2014 it's about 30 degrees out today which is two degrees less than I normally go with I set the uh, temperature where water freezes as my cutoff point for I'm not going to do a daily walk if we can't even, you know, keep water wet. Then I see Nathan Lowell walking around and going like, oh, it's 22 and it's a little balmy today. May not need my second sweater. So yeah, I'm being guilted into this. And apparently there's people out running around in shorts, so I can hardly complain about it only being 30 degrees out here. The wind is somewhat brutal, but what are you going to do? So anyway, yeah. Also, I haven't done a uh, morning walk in a few days. Start feeling bad when I don't do it, you know. It's like the uh, writing. You try and get a certain amount of writing done every day, and when you don't, you feel bad about it. I've not been keeping with my 1,000 a day the way I'd want to, which is a shame. Nathan pointed out to me, uh, he had this idea, I think I may have got, I may have given it to him, but I got it from Seinfeld, where, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, the comic, uh, where every day you write down that you did whatever your goal was. For him, it was a certain number of uh, jokes written per day. For us, it's just a certain number of words. Jokes are byproduct. And uh, so, yeah, he, Nathan, that is, made a calendar and put little circles. Sorry, backing up. Uh, the Seinfeld thing is every day you record that you did it and you build up a chain. And then you don't want to break the chain. You want to make the chain as long as you can. You want that number to be as big as it can possibly be. So you have motivation to keep doing it day after day after day. And uh, so, yeah, I think I told Nathan about that. He got a calendar and he writes down the days that he did the work that he's supposed to do. And uses that as motivation. So I saw recently that he, uh, I saw recently that he posted pictures of the calendar up online, which I thought was pretty clever. Not only because it lets people know that he is working every day, because he apparently gets a whole lot of people who think he's not doing enough is wild because he's like one of the hardest working writers I've ever seen but he gets people who are saying like you haven't got the print version out what are you doing just sitting on your pile of money meanwhile he's 
doing his best to do was it six or eight books a year. I mean, good grief. If I get three this year, it'll be a coup. But anyway, so Nathan is uh, is posting this calendar to show everybody that he is working, and at the same time, it sort of prompts him, gives him motivation to make that calendar look as good as it can. And that's pretty clever. I'm thinking I may start doing that. I used to do the calendar thing, but I kept it in a room where I didn't write. So it didn't really work as motivation. I mean, we had an office, but I never write in my office anymore. Don't know what we're going to do with the office. We're hoping someday that one's going to be a baby room. But no firm plans on that one yet. That's not a euphemism, thank you very much. Anyway, um, so yeah, the calendar thing didn't really work for me. Might be able to do something with it. I mean, if I know I have to take a picture of it, then it might make it different. Anyway, yeah, it's like 11 o'clock because I'm very, very late. And I'm very, very late because I've been sleeping in a lot. And I've been sleeping in a lot because I've been sick. Lingering kind of cold flu-like stuff, which really stinks. But I'll be all right. And come Tuesday, because I get Monday off. Oh, by the way, there's Mr. Jasper walking with me. Mr. Jasper recently got... Oh, no, no, not the middle of the street. Good grief. Come here. Mr. Jasper is not making the best example of himself today. Anyway, they recently went to the groomers. So now they look pretty and they are running around a lot better and they have little bandanas. Which is cute. Anyway, um... They are actually... A lot more sprightly than they used to be, which is cool. Uh, so where was I? Um, Nathan's calendar. Oh, I'm running late, but that's okay because today's Sunday, so I don't have to like run off to work. I actually went to work late on Thursday and Friday of last week. And I did it just because I wanted to t spend time writing. Because I've had so much trouble just sitting down to write at 6 in the morning. 5 in the morning. I mean, before Christmas, this was pretty easy. I, was, I had my rhythm going and I seemed to have completely lost it. As well as lost the ability to open a plastic bag. Come on. Seriously, how did I do this? Um, anyway. So, yeah. The, uh... Writing is finally coming along. Which is good. I got to write a section today on, uh... Olivia Oldham. Who I really think has been one of the most ignored characters out of Invita Rex. She, uh... 
she is one of the no from one of the noble houses, and yet we almost always ignore her. Um, she's basically just there to confirm other things, and I, I make it clear that she's got a backstory. There is, you know, something going on with her family, but we never really deal with it. And so, with her father making some tumultuous and dangerously bad decisions, I'm able to deal with it now. Yes, I am. For, for those of you listening to the audio version, I am still trying to open a plastic bag. Because it is so cold, I have no traction in my fingers. This is why. One of these ends has got to open. See, you listen to Nathan Lowell's morning walk, and you get a lot of silence in between his uh, talking about what he's working on. You listen to me, you get a whole bunch of plastic wrapper wrinkling with, ah! Oh, I've got the wrong end! Ta! That was... Now... Now this man in the truck is wondering why I'm standing at the crossroads wearing a plastic bag on my hand. It is because my dog decided to poo in the middle of the street. So, there we go. Um, yeah, this uh, chapter that I'm writing right now has been particularly difficult. Um, not in terms of the story, but just in motivation to sit down and write it, because it's a very difficult story for me. Um, Olivia Oldham has been ostracized from her family because they practice an ancient tradition of, uh, basically inbreeding, keeping the family line pure, that kind of thing. And so she was more or less betrothed to her brother, and she would have none of it. So when the king came around and said that he was taking children from each of the noble families as hostages, Oscar Oldham offered up his daughter and did it gladly, because he's offended by her. So yeah, in this scene, I've got her basically going home the only way that she can really be... I mean, all right, Dizzy has freed them, basically. All the hostages can go home. This is not how we do business anymore. And uh, so, technically, she could go home anytime she wants. At the same time, home isn't really open to her. So, uh, so in this scene, she's going back home, and uh, her father's made it clear that she can't earn her place at home until she has basically found Scepter. Because he's got it in his head that Scepter is the key to the kingdom. Which is one of the fun things about this story, is that uh, you have a power vacuum where 
you say, uh, who's going to be the next king? And there's lots of ways in which that can happen. Parliament can elect a king, and one of the contenders is actually already cornering Parliament so that they will vote for her. And honestly, in the case of a power vacuum, that's exactly what's supposed to happen. Parliament is supposed to uh, decide on a new king. But being a large parliamentary body, they uh, very often have difficulty going along with any plan or making any decision. So, so that's generally considered not a big deal. There is also taking the crown by conquest. And that's what a couple of other families are looking at. If we can just start a war and defeat everybody else, then we're king. And Oscar Oldham has dipped his toe into that strategy as well. And uh, another one is, he who holds the scepter controls the government. All of them are technically fair ways of saying you can become king. And we've got different families who are pushing for that in different ways. So that's kind of cool. And it's worth noting that uh, while we have all of these families fighting for this... I mean, I had originally written this where there was one straight path. Everybody's fighting. Now we see who wins. Having multiple paths to Regency creates all kinds of ripples. Makes it all kinds of different. Who's really winning? I don't know. It's not as, it's not as cut and dried as who's winning this battle or that war. So that's a good thing. Because as a writer, you don't want it to be simple. You don't want it to be easy. I don't want to write a cookie-cutter story. At the same time, this makes it massively bigger as a story. Because Scepter, as anybody who's read in Vito Rex, Scepter is not exactly a passive agent in this. He's not a thing to be picked up and carried. So that brings up the question, does Scepter get to choose who holds him? Now, one of the complaints that I got on Invito Rex was that Scepter was very limp as a character. He basically goes out of his way to say, I do not make decisions. Because someone who has the ear of the king, almost literally, cannot be a counselor for change. That's his stand. And so, I pushed for that. I made it really clear that he cannot make that decision. He cannot make those kinds of decisions. He cannot influence the king. And so, because of that, he seems like he has no ability to make decisions. 
which is great because I'm putting him in a position where he gets to choose who the next king is. Anyway, the downside to all this is everybody's hoping I'm going to wrap it up in the third book. This weekend, this three-day weekend, I'm going to cross 60,000 words, which means that I'm one month away, putting me about halfway through February when I'm done, and that'll be 90,000 words, and I will not be done with this story because it's gotten too big. And don't get me wrong, I'm not going to cliffhanger it the way I did the last one because thus far, everybody loves the story, everybody hates the end. So, hello. So, uh, I am definitely not going to cliffhanger it that way. I think I have a solution that will tie up a lot of questions, though clearly not all of them, not even the big one. But it should provide a big crescendo and a clever denouement, or let the next book be clever denouement, or rather a continuation, because like I said, it won't be solved in this book. I hope it'll be solved in the next one, but if not, you know, if I end up writing six books in this series, c'est la vie. All right, so we got a whole bunch of geese here. I'm going to take a chance, try to get a picture of Mr. Jasper with a whole bunch of geese. Now, I know he is well-behaved, but the geese don't. So, this may be a difficult picture to take. I wish I could walk at this time every day. It's lovely outside. Morning. All right. Jasper, sit. Jasper, stay. Boy. Jasper, stay. Those of you watching on YouTube and even those of you listening on the audio version are asking yourself, wait a minute, what's with the click? What's with the phone? What's with the camera? Don't we use Google Glass for all this? Well, let me tell you a story. All right, let's go. So, 
my phone, one that I had from Sprint, Galaxy One, I guess, Nexus One, yeah, Nexus One, um, was crap. It's so old, Google doesn't even make updates for it on the operating system. Uh, I mean, it could basically get the job done in a pinch, but it was very, very slow, and we were on the Sprint network, which, and now I realize that's going to be different depending on where you live, but for us, the Sprint network was kind of crap, kind of terrible. So, the other day, I mean, with the, uh, the phone that I had before had serious uh, battery problems. I mean, I carried around a spare battery and I had uh, chargers around the house. So that was not fun. But, uh, oh man. All right, I don't know if you guys can see it, but right now in that fountain, I can see a rainbow. I'm just kind of curious whether it comes across in YouTube or not. Yeah, the refraction. Anyway, man, I wish I could come out here every day. Look at that, that is so amazing. It's like an arboretum. Got a seagull like 15 feet away from me. Anyway, um, atrium. Uh, no, arboretum, I don't know. It's like a place where they keep birds, an aviary, if you will. Anyway, um, so my phone was terrible, Sprint was terrible, and uh, they just recently announced at the CES, I think, a uh, recent electronics uh, conference, T-Mobile announced that they would pay your ETF, early uh Trans, early transfer fee, early, you know, if I hadn't tried to say it, I would have known. Termination, early termination fee. Anyway, so yeah, they announced that they would pay our ETF, and so basically it becomes free to change. Also, T-Mobile offers no contract. So anytime we want, we can just get up and leave. Also, for an extra 10 bucks per month, we could uh, upgrade our phones every six months. Now, we still have to pay for the phone, but if you're like technophiles like us, then, you know, we jump at the opportunity. So, so yeah, when we went out, I said, okay, well, I found this reasonably priced, uh, good Nexus phone. I'm going to go with that. And the guy said, oh, wait, you can make phone calls over Wi-Fi on this one. And I was sold. Because no matter what your coverage is, at home, at work, I got good Wi-Fi. So automatically, I've got good signal. The only time it's a problem is when I'm driving around. And I don't make a lot of calls when I'm driving around. So even if the coverage isn't good, I'm still okay. So, yeah, I went in saying, I'm going to get this reasonably priced, 
good system. And they said, here's another one for twice as much and mentioned one feature. And I'm like, I want that one then. I love features. And actually I don't, but that's a really useful one. I mean, aside from cutting down on minutes, it's, I, I, I'm generally pretty good about having good Wi-Fi at home. So anyway, so now I got a T-Mobile phone and uh, Note 3, which is ridiculously expensive, but it's awesome. And uh, so yeah, that's cool. And so that's why when I took the picture just now, I mean, we got it in Google Glass just from me, you know, standing there. But I also tried to grab it with the phone. When we get home, I'm going to compare which one's better. And my guess is, from what I saw from that camera, that it's actually going to be better on the phone. Which is really saying something, because I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but the camera on Google Glass is ridiculous cool. I mean, it is just amazing. Uh, I got a picture earlier of the EP, and she wasn't, you know, like in foreground, but it was a really good picture of her. And so I started zooming in and zooming in. And crystal clear, still had a great resolution image, and suddenly she's in the foreground. And that is really cool to me. Didn't care about clarity of the images until I got a really good phone. Until I got a really good camera. Then I cared. So, anyway, yeah, we did that yesterday. Uh, we went out to go duck pin bowling, which I'd never done before. And I'm not sure even now that I still completely get it. You get three throws instead of two, so it's easier than bowling. They have only one kind of ball, which is basically a shot put. And I had the hardest time. I'm so used to, like, a 14-pound ball that, you know, and there's no holes, so you're not thinking of it that way, but all the same, as soon as I started walking up to the lane, I started having those same instincts, you know? Curling the ball underhand, two steps, dipping on the second. You know, the, the form was all there. Next thing I know, I've got it lofted three or four feet in the air as it's running down the lane, and I'm just thinking to myself, oh, please don't land in the next person's lane. So, yeah, there's a bit of a learning curve. I didn't do terribly. Made a good showing for myself, but didn't do really, really well either. Okay, boy, let's hustle. So, yeah. I don't know if I mentioned this, but I had this idea the other day that I would uh, sell chapters from uh, early parts of the uh, book. I mean, slowly sell chapters of the work in progress. Which I was a little nervous about because you don't want to put anything out that's not edited. 
And at the same time, you know, I'm... So far, every comment about Invito Rex has been, this is a great book, but I hated the ending. And I knew it was a cliffhanger. Everybody told everybody it was a cliffhanger. Which is weird, because I know there are other books out there that end on a cliffhanger, you know, as part of a series. And people don't feel the need to say, hey, watch out, this is a cliffhanger. My fans did. And I can't tell whether that's because... I don't know, whether I'm writing a different kind of book, or what. Because apparently in YA, this kind of thing is pretty common. And, uh... I mean, writing cliffhangers in. And so... I wasn't all that worried about it. I mean, I, I hadn't actually known that when I'd written mine. Just happened to be that way. That was the point where I cut the story. And honestly, I like that point. All things told, I think that's a good point to break the stories. I think that's a good story break. I think the problem is that people really actually did like the book. And right now, we're at a point where there is no next book. And that frustration is bothering people. Once we get to the point where there's a link at the end of each of the books saying, here's where you can go to buy the next one, then I expect it won't be a problem. I also expect we'll get more reviews. Not just more favorable ones, I think there'll be more reviews in general as soon as there's another book. Oh, which reminds me. I put The Hidden Institute on KDP Select recently. Mostly because, you know, when you look at Smashwood sales and Nook sales, stuff like that, it's just flat. You sell maybe one or two copies total. And you look at all of the places that Amazon is available, like India, Canada, all that kind of stuff, and you say, all right, it's not really a regional problem anymore. It's a, you know, which device are you going to use problem. So what I'd like to do is say, buy my book on Kindle, email me, and I will send you all the other formats. Because I can do that. I've already got that file. I can email it to everybody, and there you go. There's for your Nook, for your Kobo, whatever, for your iPhone. Oh, see, that doesn't even fit, because iPhone, you can get a Kindle app, and you can do Kindle. Kindle is... they're winning. And, uh, anyway, the plus side of going to, to the Select is that partly you're able to loan it, and since it's the first book in a series, I want to loan it. I want people to give it to other people so that we can sell Vita Rex. And uh, so it becomes part of the loan fund. And in addition, you also get uh, those uh, promotions. And on a lark, I said, all right, well, I've signed up for it. Let's do a promotion. I'll do five days for Hidden Institute free. 
And it was, I mean, the response was just ridiculous. I think we've given away. Now, please understand, the book itself isn't going to sell more than, I don't know, 30, 40 copies in a month. And don't get me wrong, that's good. But I'm just giving you a baseline for it. This is the demand for the book for sale. I put it up for free. And in two days, I gave away 1,200 copies. I say 1,200, but as soon as I started this walk, it went up from there because every time I refresh, there's more sales, more giveaways. Now, granted, I'm not making a penny off of that, but consider that there are 1,200 devices out there that now have my book. Didn't have it before. 1,200 opportunities for people to get to the end of the book and then say, whoa, this guy's got another one in the same series. I want more Bear Polo. So I got a surprising response from it, and I got high hopes for the future. I'm sorry to have to cut that part off. I'll try to pick it up tomorrow, but right now we are at the door, and I must bid you adieu. Hopefully, we'll see each other tomorrow.